All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ podcast. Thank you for letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to episode 34 of the KISS FAQ podcast. I am your host this week, Lonnie Weissauer, STL KISS on the KISS FAQ message board. And I am joined this week by Julian, Admin, Mark, Marcus Almighty, and Ken, 69th Blizzard. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Doing good. Doing good. Well, today we're going to talk about something that is debated constantly amongst KISS fans. And no, it is not the KISS set list. It is... Kiss stages, our favorite Kiss stage, our favorite um, costumes the bands have worn, our least favorite costumes the bands have worn, and the best makeup designs, because there have been different tweaks and different versions of the makeup throughout these last 40 years, and anybody who's a geek enough that's listening right now knows that. So... Let's start off with the costumes, if you guys want to. Let's look at costumes. Now, you know, they're very basic in the early goings with the first album, and they obviously get more, and as Gene describes them, bigger and bigger until you get to Dynasty, you know, where they're just flamboyant, and I'm sure we're going to get into our least favorite costumes at some point, and I'm sure those will be brought up, but... What are your guys' favorite costumes? And, you know, there might be different versions. I like Gene's Love Gun or I like Peter's Destroyer or whatever. Did you just say you like Gene's Love Gun? (laughs) (laughs) Cat's out of the bag. (laughs) Ken, let's cut it to you and I'm going to stop talking. What What are your favorite, what's your favorite, like, but don't, like, pick and choose. Like, I like this, I like that, you know, like, overall. Well, yeah, I was right, kind of writing this down. Um, my favorite costumes, as a, actually as a set, the four of them, um, is 1977. Um, that came out of the Love Gun um, era. And um, I think it's just special to me because that's when I got into Kiss. And that's probably why, I'm guessing, because I bought, once I started getting into them, I was buying all the magazines and everything I could get my hands on at the time. And uh, I would, you know, the, pull out those posters out of the magazines and, you know, hang them up on the wall. And it's just to be, you know, listen to the music and staring at those pictures, you know, like, oh, man, look at that. And then every little detail of the of the costumes was just interesting to me. I was like, oh, this is so cool, you know. Um, it's superhero-ish and, and so on. Um, I think because that when I was getting into them and I was just looking at, I was staring at those things over and over as I'd be, and I hadn't seen them yet in concert. And I was like, man, I wonder what it's like to be, you know, see all this. And, uh, so that, those are the costumes. I like the 77. Um, I think that actually the detail of those are, are really good. I just, as a, as a group, the four together, they're all great for me. Uh, but so those are, those are my favorites, uh, 77. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to get a lot of disagreement 
um, from the look that the band had in 77. It's just the classic look and what, what Kiss is to a lot of people is that that look and the costumes really refined after different attempts and really coming to that culmination by, by 77 when they were the biggest band and those costumes just really made the band look, look incredible um, as, as a whole. Um, Mark, what about you? Do you have a favorite? What's your favorite group? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always liked a lot of their costumes. I mean, but the one that really stands out for me, the one that really, I don't know, I just seem to gravitate to the most is the uh, Destroyer era outfits that they wore. Um, I'm guessing just something about, I, I think more specifically, I think Jean's character started to come more refined, I think, with his costume. Like once he got that costume done, it seemed to really bring out what they were trying to gun for, I think, in, in terms of his whole character, like with the whole kind of, you know, the, the dragon boots and stuff like that, right? I thought it really helped, uh, like, strengthen his whole character as a whole. Um, I mean, everybody, I thought, just in general, looked more classier like i mean of course it all boils down to money obviously like when they first started like we all said they had you know what they could afford to do or whatever somebody could help them together with you know or you know whoever could help them make whatever right but at this point you know now that they started selling records and everything was going well they could actually get a proper you know design done of a you know a really good costume i just think they just look like the whole next level, I think, you know, Destroyer represented a whole shift up in terms of everything, musically and everything. Like they went for a grander, <coughs> excuse me, a grander stage design and, you know, grander costume design. And it just seems like that just, you know, exemplified the next level as far as their costumes. And I mean, I, even Paul's costume, for some reason, I seem to like his whole outfit that he had going there as well. But I mean, think, I think just if you're going to just... For ease of example, I think if you're going to even just pin it onto one member, I think Gene is the best representation of what the next stage was like. I mean, you know, his costume went from something, you know, you could kind of get the idea of what he was trying to go for, but this one really kind of ironed it out, I think. It kind of really showed what they were trying to go for all along. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you on that. The shorter outfits are also, you know, classic kiss look and a lot of, you know, Things you buy of the band have them in that classic destroyer, you know, costumes. And, yeah. You know, I think they like Gene's costume so much that for Destroyer, you go back at Sonic Boom and Monster, they're just basically variations almost of that costume. Um, especially, you know, obviously the upper body of it is just that armor. Maybe it's because um, you don't want too much of an open look on Gene these days in the yeah. <laughs> but, it's also it's also it's also funny though that for the Scooby Doo a cartoon when they showed one of the costume morphs that they did in the actual one, they chose that one to do, which kind of shows how much they kind of you know right. how taken much they think of those, much they think of those outfits. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm yeah. You know, I'm not going to give you. I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of grief for choosing the destroyer outfits either as your favorite look. Just like like kind of with the love guns, but um. You know, classic looks, and I, like it's a good point. Scooby Doo thing, they even just morph into those because it's just such a a classic look for them, and a what the public thinks of what Kiss costumes are, or like the Destroyer costumes. Julian, let's hear you. You know, 
with Ken picking 77 and Mark picking 76, you know, when, when I, I sat down to think about this, um, I actually am going to go with the, uh, the first tour, the kind of the leather, the street, the more street look, and it's a better street look than they uh, later attempted with Revenge. <laughs> Shot at me from out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I, I like the simplicity of the leather there. You know, it it just, you know, sure, you've got Gene with his, like, little foam-padded horns and bat wings and stuff, and, you know, it, it's 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 undeveloped in some ways, but it's rawness. Um, so that, that was the first one that really jumped into my head. I mean, there are a lot of good costumes that have been mentioned, um, and I think most are going to fall for, for most of us on the positive side. Very few are going to be on the negative. Uh, but you know, that's, that's the early one. I mean, it, it's the first time they really had costumes. 73, they just wore whatever mom made for them, um, or they made for each other. So it's their first costume. It's their first attempt at pretend, uh, presenting an image. It's still... Um, tough enough, you know, that it, it doesn't have any kind of embodiment of characters or any of that deal yet wrapped up in it. It's just leather, you know, skull and crossbones on Gene's t-shirt. You know, Ace is very simple in his. Uh, Paul, very, you know, it's just very simple, dark, tough street, um, underdeveloped. No, that, that's a cool look to especially yeah, visually, visually appealing to me. You know, it's just yeah, it's it's really street and not and not really defined with characters and that. It's just whatever they thought was looked cool. Bam! This is this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, whatever they found in the bondage store. I mean, Paul exactly. has that choker that he was wearing and uh, whatever that thing is called around his waist uh, to to keep his uh, manhandles in. Um, you know, you know, it's it, it's just. It's not really thought out. It's not planned. It's like, well, I, I can get this, I can get that, I can afford this. You know, I only got fifteen bucks this week. Um, you know, that—that's the perspective. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna cap out, and I'm just gonna go with what Ken said with the love gun outfits. Those are my, those are my favorite kiss outfits. That's what kisses, kisses look is to me. It's a perfect look for the band. The culmination of everything leading up to it and they they just got it right in my opinion just more than anything on those outfits um with jeans with the chains and the open like that um and paul with with the with the jacket and and everything it just it just it's just the classiest kiss look to me and it's just it's just their best overall look um in general it's just it's them at their peak and the fact that they use them on the reunion tour just made me that much more excited about the tour itself that they're going to use the best costumes, in my opinion, when they're going to go out and, and play together for the first Except time. in 1996, it, it, it didn't really work as well as 77. The little changes to the costumes, I mean, oh, for, yeah. for me, I always have a problem with 77 and Gene's look, uh, and that's the things down his shins, uh, Those I know they're metal studs. You know, but they're too close together, and they're not defined enough, so it almost looks like he's kicked a disco ball, and the little disco mirrors have stuck to him. And it really looks like that in 96. I mean, they just, they don't look right. Um, whether his body shape has changed, whatever, I don't really want to go there. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to say he was going to, they had to lit out the seams. <laughs> yeah. By the end yeah. of the reunion tour, they really did. If you look at pictures from, like, that, from, like, um, of Tiger Stadium, um, 
early on and early on in the tour. And then you look at pitchers from like that European tour in the summer of '97. By the end of that reunion tour, look, there there are some definitely there's definitely some comparison issues with Gene from the summer of '96 to the summer of '97. That you know things are good and we're feeling good and we're gonna. I think we kind of let ourselves go a little bit in in the last year. If you look at those pictures from early on in the tour and later in the tour, it's really kind of funny. Yeah. You can see that you can definitely see a difference, especially in Gene. Yeah, and, and that's what made it comical. You know, it, <laughs> here you are. You are. There's a reason why they used the '77, '78 outfits because that is the iconic. Um, really the visual one that everyone remembered in their head. So, you know, they were very calculating. But what it looked like in 1996 was a poor facsimile of 1977, which just reminded me that it wasn't 1977 anymore. I don't know what the guys who and gals who were around in 77 thought, maybe, you know, over the 20 years that had passed, and it had been enough to dull what they actually did remember, and just to see the guys up there and say, oh, cool, you know, that's how I remember them. But for me, who had only ever had the pictures as evidence, it just, you know, it was a little bit cringeworthy. It was like your mom putting on her prom dress or something like that. <laughs> or trying to put on her prom dress. <laughs> they put them on the guy. Oh, Ace is like, oh, well, I'm the only one who can still fit in my original outfit. Well, it's spandex, dude. Of course it's gonna <laughs> yeah. And, and Ace, prom, no one wants to see that. You the know, prom spandex. dress happened in, uh, for the Asylum Tour. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Speaking of bad looks for the pan, let's segue into our least favorite outfits for the band. Um, you know, and, and I guess you, if you guys want to pick non-makeup stuff, you can. If, you know, if you have a, a least favorite look for the band, it's such um, a deep well to go to, Lonnie. It know? is. So this, this, uh, this go around might take a little longer than your favorite so ken let's shoot it back to you um what's your least favorite album well it's easy to say um asylum but i'm not going to pick on that i'm going to kind of stick with the makeup uh <laughs> stuff i think the asylum thing anyway was a sign of the times uh anyway everybody looks stupid it worked yep. for a, a short period of time because everyone was doing it um but so it just followed the trend there so, but for makeup wise, uh, I you know what um, the newer outfits, the, the the last maybe it's the monster monster outfits. <clears throat> I don't know. Something's I don't like the look. <laughs> you know, I guess I'm picky, but uh, the the armor is not to me. It's too shiny and stuff like that on on uh, jeans. It doesn't. It's more bulky. Too bulky, I think. It should be a little bit more streamlined, like his older stuff. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, even I don't like the Paul's boots, the front of it. it looks like he's wearing tassels. Yeah, well, the tassel, uh, okay. But the the part that looks like these were wearing soccer shin guards yep. on the front there. That's what it's like, man, it looks like a shin guard that they glued on there and painted it or something. So. I think they could have done a better job with uh, the latest costumes um, and designing them. Um, so if I if I go back, I would have rather them you know go back to like an eighty, maybe you know if we're gonna go back and change some things. I, I like, for instance, uh, partial armor for Jean, like in uh, Creatures of the Night uh, tour. That's that was another great 
favorite of mine and where he has armor going down the arms and it's open here kind of the 77 that has a little bit of the elder mixed into it it was kind of a mishmash but it worked I just, yeah yeah so but the new ones i think they could have done a better job what about the yeah. like rhino horns that he had up on the shoulders you like those because I, th- I thought those are kind of yeah. cool. I mean, even if the teeth are kind of pointing the wrong way. Um, the rhino horns, uh, I don't know. I like the older spikes. Just, get, just, just go like traditional. Destroyer. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm, when they came out for the, I guess the first time we got a peek of those was uh, when they did that press conference with Motley Crue right before the, the tour. And they came out in those, and I was like, what's with, like, the bones sticking out of the top of Gene's outfit? <laughs> Growing another arm, right? Half <laughs> out. It looks it looks goofy. Not a, not a bad choice for your least favorite look. And, and you know those outfits to me are just like like Sonic Boom outfits, but with they're just like tweaked just a little bit, and we can call them new outfits. You know, like yeah. Tommy's outfit is basically the same instead of curving up; it just goes straight. It's almost right. like the exact same thing. And jeans is pretty much the same thing except for his bones sticking up out of there. It always looks like bones to me sticking up out of his his shoulders and that. So, not a bad choice either. Uh, Mark, what do you got? Well, um, my least favorite um, will probably not be too big a surprise to some people. And no, it's not Dynasty. My least favorite one is actually the Elder. I really, really don't like that whole look that they did there. I mean, when I first heard the record when it came out, it was kind of a shock to the system a bit to, to me. It was not really what I was expecting musically at all from them when I got that record at first. And then when just to see the whole change in them as well, just from the whole getting their hair cut to Paul's really bad headband there. And, you know, just that whole bad, you know, that whole kind of, I don't know, what I don't remember what you call that, that whole kind of like... Uh, chainmail stuff on Gene's legs there that he had and stuff. It's just, I don't know. They just seem to try to almost seem like they're trying to mix like a medieval mixed with their kind of outfit. Like they try to make it like Lord of the Rings meets Kiss or something, you know? <clears throat> I just thought that it was just not happening, you know? I mean, even like Ace's outfit, I mean, I thought it was a little, the whole lightning on the whole outfit seemed like a little over-exaggerated to me. It's like, okay, yeah, we know he's the, you know, spaceman, but you don't have to put, like, a whole lightning bolt down his whole costume, you know? It's just, it just seemed like they were overreaching in some spots, and just, it just seemed like they were just, just like, I guess their whole concept, they were just going down the wrong path, I think, with that whole thing. I think the their look overall... For the exception of maybe Eric Carr, I thought that he didn't look too bad in his outfit. Like, his, his wasn't that bad. But, I mean, you know, Gene looked really odd, I thought, with the whole kind of slick back hair, you know. And his whole his whole outfit just kind of rubbed me the wrong way for some reason, how he looked. And especially Paul, I just thought that the, that whole headband and the, the poof of hair on top of it just looked really odd, you know. It's just... It just it just wasn't happening. It just didn't look it didn't look cool anymore. It just looked kind of confusing, really, to be honest with you. You know, before when you were kind of like, "Wow, that looks awesome," or "That looks really cool," or this was just it looks really strange now. It just what are they now? You know, what are they trying to be? You know, that's what I just kind of got the vibe off of when I saw it. You know, yeah, you said you said the perfect word in there was confusing, and I think 
you know, the, the outfits and the album and just everything in that era can just be summed up. They were confused where they were going. And, you know, we talked about how I thought that they didn't put a lot of effort or time into the monster, um, outfits as opposed to the Sonic Boom outfits with the Elder I think they thought about it too much and you know this is what we came up with to kind of go along with our concept album that's going to be so wonderful and it's going to make us compare it to Who and Tommy and all that crap and I think I think it was just too thought out as opposed to Monster it was just we're like okay let's just do this so yeah you know and yeah, I'm with you. That the the purple headband, and that you're not going to get any grief. I don't. I don't think anyone's going to go after you for saying, "Hey, I love the purple headband look on Paul's hand." Didn't didn't Paul's outfit look like to me? Always looked like it. One of those jogging suits where you're trying to lose sweat to lose weight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's what I see. It's it's like they got one of these jogging suits back then. You know, you wore these big things to sweat to death while you're sweat it out. jogging. Yeah, <laughs> cutting weight. Yeah. Maybe he felt he had to suffer a bit after making that album. <laughs> Gotta sweat the bad music out of me, man. Can you imagine they would have toured how much they would have played a full full set in those outfits. But, only, uh, played a couple dehydrated. Of but Ace Ace, I mean, he does his isn't that far away from seventy four if you look at how the simplicity of his eighty one outfit. And mm-hmm. he didn't exactly get me much use out of it anyway, so yeah, I think he bothers me less. Paul's headband it's just stupid, but I I can't figure out who thought of you know Paul. What you need is a purple headband. I just don't. I can't get that around my head, and that someone in a meeting actually suggested that, or he said, "Ooh, look, a purple headband. Let's wear that." But jeans, jean. I mean, here he is going all trying to look all tough and demonic with that stupid chain going across, and you know the chainmail as mentioned, and then he's got. Beautifully coiffed hair. I mean, just really, really, it, it's incongruous. Julian, what about your least favorite outfits? You're already ripping on the... Yeah, I mean, Mark's given me the opportunity to go with Dynasty. Um, and when I said Dynasty just then, I tried to watch uh, Kiss Symphony last weekend. And I just remember that one section of that bloody video, which is atrocious, when Paul goes on a little monologue about Dynasty. Dynasty. I say dynasty, you say dynasty, so thank you, I got that out of my system. You know, everything about Kiss going Liberace in Vegas is wrong with those costumes. Gene looks like the thing from whatever, the Fantastic Four, painted silver. It's it's just, you know, even his earlier, even his earlier um, version of that where he was kind of like black, malted, uh, with diamonds encrusted in it, with the, the the cape and the structure under it, you know that's a damn sight better than the silver abomination that Pixie later glued the dead bugs to. You know, um, so he just looks absolutely atrocious. You know, he didn't jump into a pit of lava, and so I don't I don't know what they were going for. I'd love to see some documentation on the the rationale behind everything. Paul, the little blouses. Um, or maybe I'm thinking a mask, but the blouses just don't work. I mean, it's just too John Travolta post disco and all that. And Ace with his mirrors on that enormous whatever the hell that thing is he wears. Just everything. Peter. I mean, you see the promo shots for Dynasty, 
and he's got gigantic green tassels and a tail and I'm sorry, they just look stupid. And it's it, it's like Ronald McDonald times four. Um, if anyone's ever seen the Kiss tribute band Clown, well, you know where they get their inspiration from. Um, it, it really is a, not a successful look, but maybe for the seven-year-olds who'd taken over the fan demographic by 79, it was the perfect combination of, you know, oh, look at the kitty cat. Or, or look at the lava beast. So, <laughs> Dynasty costumes stink. I, I, I really have very little positive to say about them. Absolutely. You can, you can really tell, like, they were, you said, like, the, the seven, appealing to the seven-year-old, and that's what, that's, you know, that's a lot of what the band was doing at the time, was appealing, was trying to appeal to a younger audience and the superhero, super kiss-type look that they came up with for that era, and, yeah, it's bad. And some people were saying, when they were going to do the residency in Vegas last year, like, oh, since they're doing Vegas, they should wear the Dynasty outfits for those shows. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. They should never, ever resurrect those animals, those, those costumes because they're they're absolutely atrocious and it's it's embarrassing to, to I mean, you, you really you get the feeling at that point that they'd run out of ideas uh-huh. you know that it, it's just again like we said with the elder or I said at least you know that it's thrown again or just clutching at any idea oh well Gene can be this lava demon and, and Paul you know, a lover is going to be wearing a nice blouse, and you know, it's just like, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think the only good thing about that whole era was that they kind of incorporated that whole color thing, where Gene had the red, and you know, like when they came up from those risers, like you know, that's the kind of thing I liked from the solo records was that whole how they made the paintings of the covers, right? But I agree with you though, one hundred percent. I mean, apart from just that though, like their costumes were just just horrendous, like. Like you said, Ace's one is the one that kind of boggles me the most. It looks like he put like a curtain rod on his shoulders and hung that yeah. cape off of it. You know, it was just it just looked it looked heavy. I mean, can you imagine like he's at that point he was kind of a you know it was always kind of the more lanky or thin guy. Imagine him having to haul around this costume on him. I mean, no wonder he fell over numerous times. You know, I mean, a good gust of wind caught caught that cape. He probably went flying backwards. You know. Yeah, and the cuffs. I mean, I mean, it makes for great com- comedic entertainment on Tom Snyder with those bloody cuffs. But you know, it, it's just so awkward. What? How much of it could he actually even use anyway? So, uh, and play the guitar. So, pointless. Exactly. Didn't they have a new designer, costume designer for Dynasty? Versus what? Who was doing so. it before? I thought it changed then. I don't believe so. I could I be wrong, but I thought I think it was the same same lady up until okay. she was at an indie expo maybe two years ago. And okay. talking, she was with them from the beginning up through eighty three, eighty four. So okay, it was the same same designer, but they just had different ideas for her that were. That's probably. So yeah. I'm gonna second It's going last. It's I. Uh, it's hard not to echo someone's sentiment on, on costumes, but I'm going to echo Julian's with the Dynasty. Um, it's just, it's an embarrassing look for me to, as a KISS fan, that, oh, this is what we did in 1979-80. You know, at least by the time they went out for Unmasked, Paul had refined his costume a little bit and wasn't going out in, in the blouse look that he, that he had on, on the Dynasty. It, 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 looked, it looked better. It didn't look... Great, but it looked better than what he was touring with the previous year. At least he 
saw that, hey, you know, let's let's change this up at least a little bit. So, um, so not a whole lot of argument on favorite and least favorite outfits. I don't think anybody was shocked that someone said the elder, that someone said next, <laughs> you know. You know, and I think a lot of KISS fans know or, or, or are in agreement of what are the what are the good and what are the bad. So, um, but stage setups, I think we all have. I think we might have a little bit more variation here on what our favorite Kiss stages are. You know, obviously there's a, there's a lot to choose from and a lot of different variations to the Kiss stage over the years um, and how it has morphed and transformed into into what it is today. So. What's your favorite KISS stage? So let's go to Mark to start off this time. Mark, what's your favorite KISS stage? Um, well, I thought about this for a little while and thought about, you know, again, this when I thought about this whole topic, I thought about what era do I tend to watch the most and what one kind of brings me back all the time to watch. You know, like, what one do I have some sort of attachment to in watching? And there was always two of them that I was really hooked on. Um, I guess one of them was the Love Gun era I thought I, I really was hooked on to. But I got to go with my favorite one, honestly. It's got to be Alive. That Alive era was my favorite one. I mean, I always seem to watch that Kobo show all the time. Whenever I want in the mood to watch a Kiss concert, I always seem to want to watch that one. There's something about that. I mean, it's not the most complicated stage set by any um, stretch of the imagination, but there's just something about that whole vibe of that stage show that they had then that I found really appealing. I mean, they had, sure, the, the drum riser, and they had the candelabra on stage, and, you know, they had, everybody had their little thing that they started to do then, you know, he's had that little confetti gun blowing thing out of his guitar and the smoking guitar was you know working here and there whenever it wanted to on stage and you know it's it's something about that whole stage that i really found very appealing i mean the lighting wasn't the most grandiose but it had this very much this really somber mood to it i mean whenever i would watch it at home you know at night i'd turn all the lights off and i would just turn it on and a lot of times I just found myself kind of really transfixed watching it. There's just something about the whole lighting of that stage and just how it was in general. And I thought also the set list that they played with that was just so, everything seemed to fit together with that era. Like the songs fit in with the, with the whole lighting, with their, with their costumes that they wore. Like everything was just really well done at that point. And I thought that they were firing on all cylinders then. And I really liked that stage. I mean, Black Diamond always seemed to be such a standout part of that show, you know, and even when they did, like, you know, Let Me Go Rock and Roll, when they had the confetti blowing everywhere, you know, near the end of the song, it's like, they had, they didn't have as many top-end professional gadgets at that point, but whatever they had in terms of pyro and concussion blasts and stuff like that, it all worked, and it just gave them a really cool vibe to their show at that point. I thought, and, and I mean, it obviously worked because at that point they were selling more concert tickets than they were selling albums. So obviously people were really enjoying what they were seeing. So I think that I'm not the only one who would probably say that that whole vibe 
of the show was very appealing to the audience in general. Yeah, that's, what, that's a really cool pick because that's kind of the zenith of the homebrew kiss. You know, the the last one of the original Kiss crew, you know, J.R., Moose, and those guys who weren't, I'm not going to say they weren't professionals because they were all very, they all came from the very talented areas of, uh, of having been on the road with other acts, but they weren't like the prof- the professional design and implementation company that comes in for Destroyer. So these were guys who learned the tricks of the trade on the road, you know, learned the flash pots and all the elements that went in and yeah, I, I love your choice. I mean, that's fantastic. No, there's definitely something out the vibe. You watch those those co shows from January '76. You know, it's really special shows. Them, you know, they just just made it big. The energy on those shows is just incredible. It's, you know, you know, you still have the Candelabra in the background at that point still, and it's it's still street at that point still. It's not it hasn't become overblown kiss show that, that we've actually become accustomed to since then. And, and I think... Like the last homegrown kiss show. Yeah, and I also think just one last little point, too, is I think also at that point, there was something about their sound, too, that they had from the stage. Like, I mean, there's something about the gear that they were using and even the microphones that were they, that they were using. This is a bit more techie talk, but, I mean, they, they the kind of mics that they used, you know, what whenever they were miking their drum kit, they miked it in a certain way. You know, they weren't miking every single drum on his kit. Sometimes you notice they would share mics on some of the toms and stuff like that. And sometimes that would make for a different sound than you would if you were to mic every single drum, for example. And I think stuff like that lent to a specific sound. Because everybody used to always say that a live one had a certain sound to it compared to some of the later records. And I think that also has to do with the fact of how they were, you know, approaching their sound back to, like you said then you know they probably had you know gear that was good gear but probably wasn't the top of the line by any stretch of the imagination but they made whatever they had work with the people that they had running it and it just sounded really specific to that era i found i mean gene's bass tone at that point was so distorted and just so growly and just it I mean, he had a similar tone as he went on, but just at that point, maybe it was that bass guitar that he used back then, because, I mean, as the time went on, he seemed to be the one guy who changed his bass guitars a lot throughout the years, right? He went to different companies and different styles, whereas Ace tends tended to stick with the Les Pauls all the time, and Paul would be more with his, you know, his Iceman and stuff like that, or his Flying Vs, right? But, I mean, just that whole sound then, I mean, especially Peter's drum kit, it just had that specific sound to to it that that era like the alive one drum kit definitely had this very specific sound to it he also put like that kind of weird flanger phaser on it when he did his solo for a hundred thousand years and stuff like that it was just very it had it had its very own characteristic to that time period i found more than some of the other ones i mean i could be you guys could say i'm wrong or whatever to that, but i just found it's very that era is very much something that you can go back to and You'll, when you hear it, almost you know what period you're hearing it from, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Obviously, it's incredible. Ken, what about you? What's your favorite stage design? Yeah, it was kind of hard, but uh, my favorite one is uh, the tank from yeah. Creatures of the Night tour. And uh, um, it, the close second for me was, was the Sphinx, Leon. Uh, it was a close second for me. I had 
others on my list live too after that. But uh, the tank kind of takes it. Um, it just fits. Um, uh, I, I just love the, you know, it wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say it's a, a lot of functionality there, but it's just the look of it. Um, I know we've talked about this on the Creatures Tour. I said the, the treads were look, made look like they were spinning and, and uh, the, the, the gun turret, you know, went left and right, they went forward, back, spewed smoke, spewed, you know, a blast, the, the exhaust pipes shooting out the, the smoke, uh, it was just an awesome, an awesome thing to see live, and uh, so that's probably one of the reasons that it, I pick it, because I, you know, I was there to actually see it, yeah, um, in front of my face, I mean, even up close, so... Uh, that's the that's my favorite one. You know, like I said, Leon. The other one is a close second for me because it was kind of almost a toss up. But Leon had a little bit more functionality going on there. Um, but uh, I think it's just a tank. It's just you know armor, <laughs> aggression. You know, uh, and I and it fit the time with you know, like I said before uh, on a previous podcast, a war machine. It just they. It fit. Uh, maybe I that's think, why they came up with it. I don't know. With how I, think you brought, with I think you brought up a good point, though, is about the fact that how it connects to you because of the fact that you were actually there to physically see that show. I mean, that's a very important thing, I think, that, that brings the connection to you. Like, I mean, you know, it's like the first concert I ever saw from Rush was Grace Under Pressure, and for some reason, it's not the most technically shown, like, done show, but that one will always be very important to me because it was the first one I saw, so I can understand totally why... The creatures one is so important for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's the, the creatures tour the tank is just very iconic to me, and it's it's surprising that as much as they've toured since '96 with the makeup on, that they've never even attempted to revisit that look of the Kiss stage, and. You know, and, and as much and as much as they talk about creatures, how they how they compare creatures as one of their best albums, they've they've never gone back to that, or even had slightly attempted to put like a, a Eric's drum kit on top of a what looked like a tank or anything like that to, to try to recreate that. So um, that's an excellent pick, though. It was I, when I was thinking about mine, that was definitely one of the ones I was considering. The fact that you saw that, I'm sure, it just puts it over the top. You know, that yes. sticks in your mind that you actually saw that tour. So, Julian, what about you? Well, that's exactly the premise I used for selecting mine, one that I had gone to. Now, obviously, I got into, I was only able to go to Kiss concerts from a very late um, date in their career and mine as a, as a fan. So I don't have a lot to pick from. I So I can't go back. If I, I was just going to do it from what I saw in magazines, I'd say Asylum. I love that stage, the gigantic Kiss logo, uh, and the, the back line, and of course I would. You know? <laughs> and, and of course I hate the revenge stage. You know, um, So one that I saw in person, I'm going to take the um, Las Vegas residency stage. Everything about that, with it being condensed into a small area, compared to some of the god-awful stages from the early 2000s, you know, 2003, 2004, were less than impressive. In fact, I think they're pretty much the same bloody thing. Um, 
having... Oh, no, we got screens on this time. It's a new stage. Well, yeah. And, and screens, of course, play a big part in Las Vegas, that you've got the two gigantic vertical um, screens on either side, which I'm usually not a big fan of because I, I find them distracting, and I find that Kiss's use of them has historically not been very pleasing for me. They do dumb animations during songs. Now, they still did that in Vegas, but it just seemed to work more in that small space. So the the LCD screens that were coming out over the audience uh, mixed in with some of the truss work and lights was just an absolutely fantastic experience. I, I felt that environmentally they were, they were really setting a mood using the stage and because it came out o over us a bit um it really brought you more into the show um there was nothing particularly spectacular of anything on the stage it was just how all these visual elements came together with an absolutely incredible light show now i'd never been that close up with laser lights um like a lot of people would have experienced on the hot in the shade tour again you know it really adds something to the show, um, running complained about those extremely large vertical screens was uh, you could see the line between them, and that bugs me. Maybe it's OCD or something, but uh, fantastic stage, loved it, loved the experience, and obviously I came out of those concerts uh, or the concert I went to. I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I hadn't planned on going to any further Kiss shows, but going in there and seeing a new stage, new setup, new approach, uh, fantastic. That's what that Vegas stage was. He said, like, just came up and were you like that. You, you really felt a part of that show because the stage was just so big and big, big for the venue anyway. And they just maximized what they could as best as possible with what they were given for that residence. Yeah, and, and, it, and it was kind of like Kiss on steroids in that small space because obviously that. Hard Rock Joint only seats what four, three thousand or something. So it's it's you know very limited in scale, and that I guess brings me to something else. You know the, the stage isn't big, but neither was the stage in the seventies. If you really look back at it, it wasn't a tremendously it wasn't gigantic as it looks in pictures. Um, you know there's really a false sense of perspective, and here you are in 2014 looking at you know what is a small stage and what they're actually able to do to it and how they're actually look comfortable using that limited amount of real estate and it's just like a room that has a mirror on one end that makes it look twice as big you know it's it's a magician's trick that you know really gives you a more of a sense of an experience so you know i'd say, I'd say kudos to the designers i think you bring an excellent point up because that's uh that's one of the things that I think is important to realize that it's not really the size of the stage that's important. It's what you do with what you have on the stage. I mean, you know, a lot of bands have done that well. Like Kiss obviously has done it well through the years. Like you said, I mean, even Paul himself on a few things that I've read said that there's always been that, you know, thing about the live two stage that he always seems to mention that's not as big as people seem to remember it being, you know, that it's in people's minds more than it was so huge. It's just those pictures, you know, like when you open up like the live two and look at it, you just imagine it being like six times bigger than it actually yeah. probably was, you know. And I mean, it, that's just 
again, great design. And I mean, a band like, for example, Iron Maiden, too, is another example of that, too, for the Power Slave Tour. They said that, that, that their stage show was always remembered to be 10 times bigger than it actually was, but it was all down to the design that had these really cool backdrops that had different kind of perspectives in it, like they had these Egyptian tunnels designed on it. And so when you looked at it, it looked way bigger than it actually was. And they had little things that were moving back and forth and that would change the perspective of the stage. And of course, you know, that that's good design and that's what helps make a great show and i think kiss have always benefited from having people to help them do that kind of stuff to make their show come off so huge and you know people and then that's the thing people remember throughout the years and you know as time goes by maybe your mem- memory of it is bigger than you remember you know what i mean because it such an impact to you when you saw it that maybe you know as time goes by you almost believe that it was like bigger than it actually was but i mean again it was just it's a great design and i agree with you know julian 100 percent that that's what made the show great and when bands are able to do that and capitalize on the great design then it makes their shows that much better absolutely um mine is gonna is a little bit different and my favorite stage is also one that i saw i love the and i just don't want to and I don't want to repeat what Julie just said about Vegas stage series. I saw that and it was incredible. But well, my favorite stage, I'm going to go with the farewell tour stage. Just And I know that, you know, after the farewell tour, when we came back in 03 and 04, we got like different variations of the farewell stage. And we saw it, we saw it over and over again, just tweaked slightly until we got to um, really the monster stage with the spider. But when they came, when I saw them on the farewell tour, the first time I saw them on the farewell tour, and they came out, and you had the Kiss logo on each side, and the big screen in the middle, and what looked like, you know, the amplifiers on each side of the drum kit, with staircase on each side of the drum kit, really trying to be reminiscent of a Love Gun type stage, incorporating the stairs into it, and it was big, and it, and it you know, the, unlike the Love Gun stage, it was big, and it was massive. And it was bright, and um, it, rep- it. I was blown away. I mean, I saw it on. I'd seen it on on TV, and that because like that Arizona show that they did on just kick off the farewell tour was on VH1. Seeing it then a couple months later um, when I went and traveled some Peoria, Illinois, on it, and it was just to me, it was just so bright and so crisp um, that they really did it right for the farewell tour. Um, that. And that's that's my favorite kiss stage because it's 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 the love gun stage basically on steroids is what it is um and, the, and you know how they came down you know all the things that were incorporated in that stage i'm coming down from the rafters and it had all the all the usual kiss tricks on incorporated as well um but that's my favorite kiss stage it's and it was and i guess it's important to me too because it's one that I saw, and it's the, obviously it's the last time we saw the original band together. So those sh- and those shows weren't the crispest shows; they weren't the best shows. But that just sticks out in my mind of the farewell tour shows that I saw, as far as the stage presence goes and how they utilize that stage. Um, and I know everybody got tired of it because we, as years went on, because like you know, like I said, no three, and 04, and even in. 
in 09 with the Sonic Boom Tour was still basically just a variation of the Farewell Tour stage. So the Kiss logo up here on each side, we just put it underneath the drum riser. And at the end of the day, it's still basically the same stage you've been touring with for the last 10, 9, 10 years. Um, but that first Kiss Farewell Tour stage, the logos, like I said, on each side, kind of like, um, I mean, I know they did the logos on each side for the uh, Cycle Circus Tour. But just the setup of the stage with, with, the, with the stairs on each side and the two logos, just massive, just in-your-face kiss. So. See, I don't like those logos on the side. Really? And and if if I've got one kind of bucket list item, that's for Kiss to tour and use the real Kiss logo again, a non-digital, a non-micro-LED-lighted you know micro LED lighted one, one with those like whatever they were, four inch spots inside, um, you know, and I guess that goes back, that goes back to how the, the, there was a, a, a great magazine put out in 86 or 87 called Kiss on Tour 74 to, uh, 86 or something like that, that kind of had the, the evolution of the stage throughout history. And then you get to asylum and obviously now the Kiss logo is 30 feet tall. You know, it was just how it was, it was a physical thing that I miss. You know, the, the, the farewell tour stage was fantastic. Um, I I don't remember many elements of it. I was That's the only show I was ever front row at, and I was just so bl- shocked and awed by the, the flash, uh, the heat, and, you know, having all the guys, I think I was on Ace's side that night, um, so close. I don't remember taking in any of the elements, but I'm looking at a picture of it, and I'm like, I do not like those logos, um, but the stairs are awesome. That looks good, so. Yeah. I remember they were gonna they, before we we saw what the stage was gonna be for for '96. They said, "Oh yeah, we're gonna tour on, we're coming out in the Love Gun outfits. We're gonna tour on on a Love Gun stage." And I saw them on the third show of the other Union tour, and they come out and like, "Well, that's not the Love Gun stage." Stairs. I mean, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so, I I think if we're gonna talk if if we're gonna talk worse stages. The reunion tour is my worst stage and the biggest misopportunity of what the band could have done, and that's what they came up with. Very bland and very basic, especially for what they were doing and the impact the band had on the world at that time. It's just awful, in my opinion. But, I mean, that, that, that stage show, that, that reunion one that you're talking about, kind of boggled me for one reason i mean there, there was a there was a magazine that came out around that time when i think it was called kiss rocks the world when it, it was one of those things that uh, hit parader uh put out and uh in there was a really great article about the, the the stage design in there that they did and they mentioned that in the, in the detroit show that they did that they had this really huge elaborate lighting system that they had for the show and that after that show was done that they were told or that the, the KISS management or somebody told them to cut back and drop a few of those, you know, extra lighting grids that they had and stuff like that for a tour. And I was always wondering, like, why why they did that? I mean, okay, obviously there's money, but I mean, these guys were selling out shows like, you know, two shows sold out in like 40 minutes, you know? Like, they were selling out stuff at a record pace. Why wouldn't they want to keep that big a lighting grid for the show i mean it was so impressive apparently in detroit why wouldn't you want to keep it for the rest of the tour i mean that's you know talking about missed opportunities you're talking about for that tour in general i mean 
why wouldn't you keep stuff like that for the tour if it, if it looks so good? I mean, they had that thing with the whole amps rising up from behind them before. And I mean, I remember seeing a couple of the times I was watching a couple of the bootleg concerts and sometimes that thing would go up and stop halfway and it would, you know, they had so many troubles with that, you know, and like, I remember even watching that weenie roast thing and they had, even at the beginning of that show, that the siren from Firehouse was running or something happened, it, it came on in the middle of Deuce or something, like, it was really weird, like, they had so many glitches during that whole run of those shows, I mean, you would think that for a reunion, so such an important time for them, they would have, you know, more attention to the details here, you know? Yeah, and reunion tour stage is just very disappointing to me, it was at the time, and it still is now, and you look back at it, and like, why did, why did they go with that look and that it's just uh, this is what they came up with. That's not even my least favorite. I mean, if, if you don't mind, I can tell you what my least favorite one is. My, my least favorite kids show, uh, stage has got to be Destroyer. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. I love, I love, I love the costumes, but I don't like that stage. I, I, I agree with Ace one hundred fifty percent that it looked like a tossed salad. <laughs> so many things on there like you could there was no uniformity to it at all i mean you have jeans broken castle section over here you had you know aces you know moon landing or whatever it was supposed to be on his side you had peter's thing with his cats or whatever on there i mean i understand what they were trying to do like give them each their own little world but the, it didn't seem like there was any kind of there was nothing to kind of mold it together as one cohesive thing you know what i mean like it, it just seemed like they were like okay we have the money now let's let our imagination go wild and do whatever we kind of want kind of thing and almost see like they did like let's do this and then he brought that crazy lightning machine everybody would be talk about it and people would recall it it seemed like they were crazy to bring it it seemed like this thing could have killed somebody like this electric arc machine you know like why did they bring that like this is I know it's an effect and everything, but every time you hear somebody from the past on other shows talking about, you know, the design of this stage show and that thing, they were always talking about it with such horror that, you know, something could have went wrong with this and people could have got killed with it, you know? It's, I don't know, it just seemed like they were just bringing in all kinds of things just haphazardly to make a really, what they thought would be a great stage, and it just seemed like they didn't put thought into the fact that it didn't kind of gel as a band's thing, it just seemed like the tier of things for each member, and that's that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I, I, I saw the shock on Julian's face when I just said that now with this stage, but I mean, let's see what he says, and correct me if I'm wrong with what I was thinking about here. No, I, you know, I, there's no correcting you, it's just, you know, I, I think you bring up a great point in that stage is, and as I mentioned earlier, Alive is the fully developed idea of the guys who'd been with the band from the beginning and who had homebrewed everything together. I mean, you had five five or six MacGyvers on that team who could make anything work for the band. And then you get a bunch of suits coming in, and this is Glickman Marks coming into the picture and going out to Jules Fisher and Associates for the design of the stage. And now you've got these guys sitting in boardrooms instead of tinkering in their workshops. You know, it, it's just a paradigm shift between the two tours. So I, I totally get what you're saying. The part that I guess shocks me is that it's such a visual stage. When you look at the 
all of a sudden you've got Gene in his over armor uh, on stage, you know, prowling. He's really gone into full character in 76. So the experience that the fans were getting, who actually got to see any of those freaking elements because half of them didn't work, did they? Um, and look at how many pictures exist of that stage where you can actually see the ca the abandoned castle, the car crash, or any of those elements. They're just not visible to most people. So it, it's almost you're looking at a an illusion of possibilities rather than what the actual experience was. So on one hand, yeah, I'm shocked. On the other hand, I totally get it because I don't see, and I don't, I, I don't think there are that many great pictures that any of us get to see who weren't there. Maybe when the lights were turned on at the end of the freaking show to see what the stage. <laughs> oh, so that why didn't they use that? You know, oh, the, the electric machine. You know, so it, it goes from homebrew to uber professional as they become a real business. Out goes the old. You know, the, all those original Kiss Crew guys are cut at that time. In come all the new. So yeah. I get your point. No, I understand that too, but you might get a little flack for that because a lot of people love that destroyer stage. But. Yeah, and then I say, how much of it did you really see? That's, and that's true. And, and maybe you saw one element of it that we know exists from you know the, the the blueprints for the stage, but how much of it did you really experience in reality, other than thinking that you experienced looking at pictures and blueprints after the fact? You know, it's not like the Love Gun Alive 2 stage where you actually, what you see is what you got. And everyone yeah. got to see, regardless of their perspective in the audience, they would have gotten to see, you know, the stairs, the lifts, everything. They, you know, it, it really wasn't, if you're on stage left with whomever was on that side for Destroyer, you might have seen some of Ace's little realm, you know, or you might have seen some of Peter's, but you're not seeing it. Yeah. All right. So, one other element we wanted to talk about today was makeup. Hey, I didn't get to say my least favorite stage. Well, well pardon the hell out of me. Go right <laughs> in there. <laughs> oh, all right. Ken, why don't you go first? Well, I'll do it quick. I'm going to have to agree with, I'll agree with Lonnie. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a tie for me with uh, Lonnie and uh, the reunion. Uh, I thought that would have been uh, much more elaborate and I don't know. I expected a love gun stage, I guess, on that. Uh, but it, it wasn't, yeah. And so that one, and then the, there was another one, a few, I want to say 2010. I don't know, they, kids played in Sacramento, uh, where they have a triple-A baseball team. And uh, that stage, there was just nothing. They had a couple of banners. Oh, the rock, and, the rock and Rally walk. Yeah, that Yeah, one. you went to that as well? Yeah. Yeah, with the and, with the private seats down in front. Yeah, you know what? I, let me tell you a story about that. That's I didn't know that they had those private <laughs> tables and seats going on. Um, I thought I had great seats because I thought I was like third row, you know, center pretty much. Uh, I thought, oh, this is going to be great. But then later on, uh, when you get there, they have the whole front area of the stage going back, I don't know how many feet, it was pretty far back, um, with tables, uh, VIP tables for people that, you know, uh, for the auction that happened uh, beforehand, I guess, and um, and donate, you know, big money donators to this charity. Anyway, so they had all those tables out there, and like, we got there, I was like, oh my, I'm not up front. 
I'm pretty far freaking back. And I'm like, oh, that's that really stinks. I thought, man, this is going to be great because I'd be right in front. But anyway, the stage was pretty bland. Nothing going on. It has a couple of very small screens, video screens on the sides. Um, but nothing, nothing much else. Even the fireworks, there was hardly anything going on there for, uh, you know, that stuff. Uh, hardly any, I don't even remember fire going at all. It was very limited in their pyrotechnics. Um, the only thing that got out of that, if it, if it was anything right in front of us, walking in and sitting at a table at the back, was Shannon, Shannon and, and, and Nick, and I think those, their relatives from Israel were there at that show. Um, so, and anyway, uh, it was, yeah, that was, was a bland one, so it was unfortunate. I was hoping to be up front on that one, but it, it wouldn't have made maybe much of a difference since the, the stage was kind of Nothing going on there. I did not enjoy that show either. But I, I, I didn't like anything about it. I, that whole tabled-off area, which went like 40 feet you know, from the stage, just freaking... That's a, a vibe killer right there. It's like... Yeah. Because, I, you know, if it was full of a bunch of animals, yeah, but it, it wasn't. It, it's yeah. the whole mood in that zone that feeds the, the band, you know, when they've got the wild animals up front at a regular concert you know, can actually drive and motivate them if they're not feeling great, if they're having a down night, whatever's going on. You, you, I, I just can't imagine looking down at a bunch of, you know, okay, at those tables. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 you know, it was just, it was a bad drive. I was in a bad mood anyway, so it was a pain in the ass to go to. So, it yeah. was unfortunate. Was that like a one-off show? Or what, what, what was that? Yeah. What year was it? Two. Really- 2000 and was that five or no it was after it was after the sonic boom tour was, i want to say 2010 or something um well but i used the kiss faq to look that up yeah look that up and the other thing about it is i i so fortunate i was taking my girlfriend uh to that you know i was like oh you're gonna see kiss this is you know awesome you're gonna get a great stage show and i was like i was like okay Gene didn't, I don't know even if he brought Breathe Fire or not. Um, yeah, I think he probably did that, but that's like, oh my gosh, this is not as good as I was like making it out, it, yeah, it was. out to be. And though I took her later on to the Motley Crue one, and I said, okay, this is really what, and then, you know, or the, even the Monster one, <clears throat> it was even better. I said, this is, this is, okay, you know, kissing their full element with everything going off and all kind of spectacle going on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was just totally different from that one back in 2000. I think it was 2007. What? Like, Go ahead. It sounds like a stockbroker show or something, you know? Like they were playing for like their, some, like their funding people or something, you know? Yeah, and I mean, as Ken said earlier, it, it was it really felt more like a corporate gig show. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it was it was May the 29th, 2011, so it's, yeah, Sonic Boom era. Um the rock and walk event. I mean, those seats, according to my notes, oh, went yeah, to right. went to a thousand a thousand bucks per seat, and they had a three course freaking meal as well at a kiss. I mean, just <laughs> why? Why would you eat during a concert like that? Like, 
You know, very and even Jean's quoted in the press of we have families and tables and glass. We don't want people to have heart attacks and fall on their dinner. Then why the fuck are you doing the show? I mean, it just boggles them. You know, it, was that performance check really worth it? Because it, it it really was not a good kiss show. Yeah. But you know, we've bashed on that long enough. I'm going to jump in with my least one, and it comes in the same era because the Sonic Boom era. I do not like that stage. I hated the uh, the video screens covering all the all the amps. It was just too much video, too much nothing, meaningless. It was like we cut back on pyro to save fifty bucks, um, or or safety, whatever. Fuck safety. I want fire, man. Um, you know that gigantic screen that went all the way behind the stage. The um, I had a picture up of it just to remind me. The LED Kiss logo under Eric's drum riser. There's, I, I just have nothing good to say about those pictures that I'm looking at. It. It's got to be the worst. It's so sterile. It's so devoid of any character. Um, and yeah, they did some cool effects with the those um, amp covers with the screen, but it just sucks. Do not like it. But it, you know, is that, for, the one, is that the one where they came out from behind the stage and came up over the drum set? Is that the one you're talking about? Later on in that tour, they did that. Yeah. Switched that at some point. Yeah. In 2010, when they went to Europe, and then when they came back to America, they did the... But, like, initially, like, in fall of 09, they didn't have that or anything. They just oh, okay. dropped, and there they were. I can't even remember how they came on stage for the show I went to. That's how, how memorable the, acti- <laughs> the activities were on stage. But I, I just remember, you know, thinking... I was at that same show. Um, you're talking about the Oakland show. yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is that also the one where the, the logo's flat on the stage and then it kind of rises up kind of deal? Right. right. Okay. Yeah, I'm short on details for actually remembering much of that. I think they just dropped the curtain like a little bit. I think they just dropped the curtain that one for that show. Yeah. Yeah. I was too busy I taking remember, photos. I remember having the, I think it was, the, that's why, because it was a sonic boom over Europe that I saw. And that's where they came up from behind the drum riser. And then they had it on Eric's, in front of Derek's drum kit, they had that sign that kind of went up like that. Like yeah. it was flat on the floor, and then it kind of raised up, and it just said like, "kiss" underneath them there. So yeah, they started doing yeah. that in Europe, and then summer of ten, when they did the, the amphitheater. Yeah, I think that effect that coming over from the back was uh, stolen from Justin Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> There's something, some queer. Something effect. like that. One of those. Baby, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right, so I guess we're gonna go to Vegas. That's your guys' least favorite stages. All right, so. I got ahead of myself. So the last element we're going to talk about today was makeup. Um, different variations to the makeup designs over the years. Um, so, Julian, what about you? Let's let's talk about, I guess, your favorite makeup designs. My favorite? Can I start my least favorite? Well, then go right ahead. Thank please. you. Um, my least favorite makeup is Gene Simmons on the Lick It Up tour. Or the Silo <laughs> tour. <laughs> You know, yeah, I just had to get that one in before I went anywhere. Um, you know, before I get to my favorite makeup, I'm going to say my least favorite is everything since the reunion. You know, Gene's shrinking demon eyes. I mean, he's nearly starting to look like Spot the dog with, you know, the, I don't know. Maybe the little prongs are, you know, need some Viagra because they're really getting flaccid and starting to collapse. Um, so not a big fan of any recent makeup. Um, favorite makeup. Ace Frehley, when he started doing the blue under his eyes, you know, that's just like the ultimate evolution of Ace. Um, plus he's Ace. 
So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stick with one member for my favorite makeup. Um, that's enough for me to say. Next. Okay. Yeah, um, my favorite makeup uh, is probably Alive 2. Uh, off that camera. I know he didn't do it a long time, but Gene Simmons, his makeup on that. Um, and I think San Diego show and Los Angeles, I don't know. He did longer down the nose uh, of the, the point. I don't know. It looked, it just looked more evil to me than, than anything. Um, and it had, you know, he was using the bigger, uh, you know, side coming down here on his cheeks. Uh, though I didn't like it when they got a little bit too big. Dynasty was going, it was even growing a lot bigger. But I think around 77, I think that's the best makeup, at least for Gene Simmons. Paul Stanley, you know, it, how much can you change that? Um, so it's around, I'd say 77 is good for him. Uh, Peter, Chris, and Ace Freely uh, with their, you know, the green and uh, Peter's was good back then. So I'm going to stick again with the, like the 77 era and, and Ace uh, when, he, when he started the blue over the eyes. Um, so that's pretty much the favorite now. The, the least favorite is... I agree with Julian on Gene. What the heck is he doing? Poor Gene. I mean, I, it must be a price increase on black eyeliner or something. <laughs> because he's trying, he's trying to save money. Save I mean, he's just, you know, it's too thin then. I mean, come on, bring it down. You're, you're not looking here. It's looking almost, I want. I don't want to say this, but clown, clownish or something. I, I, just bring the evil back into that makeup. Um, and then... Uh, Peter Chris is the one where he later on where he he blocked it off at the top. What was that about? He squared it off at the top. That was didn't look right to me um, in the later years. Um, otherwise, you know, Ace and Paul, they, they, they were always. I, I never saw bad. Only bad makeup for uh, I guess Paul was I would say the first album or the cover. It kind of it wasn't you know they were new, new at doing this stuff. Also, of course, Peter didn't do his makeup on the first album. That was a horrendous thing that some makeup artist did on, on him. <laughs> so that's it for me. It's still better than Gene in the 80s. <laughs> oh, oh <my> God. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to ask you, Julian, if when you're listening to, uh, say, Asylum, do you picture, what do you picture when someone singing, or Gene singing, Paul singing, do you picture the makeup? singing you see him singing with makeup on or do you when you hear songs do you hear it without makeup uh, that's just you like understand that, that? that's too scary a question with makeup or without i mean that just has all sorts of groupy connotations um what do, what do i see when i listen to asylum Julie's on a roll today. Uh, I only I only really see the songs in my head, you know, pictures of on the wall, and you know the lines from the songs. I don't see the guys. I mean, actually, if I see any of the guys, it's Paul swinging on that freaking line in uh, "Tears Are Falling" video. So no, Gene Gene is totally blocked out. You know, here, here comes a guitar solo in my head. There's Bruce falling backwards into a pool of water. So you know, Gene Gene never appears in those images. Some things are better left forgotten. Yes. Mark, what about you for, for makeup? Well, um, I think I'm going to have to agree with the, the two people before me. I mean, number one, I got to say that I think that the whole 77 
era is my favorite as well. I mean, I, I really like the way they looked. I think at that point, they kind of had everything kind of down and they knew what they were doing and there was no more kind of guesswork to it, I think. I think at that point, they kind of knew what they wanted to do and what they looked like. I thought Gene, I agree with Ken, it looked really good. Gene looked really strong. His makeup was really good. I thought, uh, you know, Peter and Ace had their stuff all well done. Like we were saying before, Paul, I mean, he has a, a star. I mean, really, what can you do to make that look wrong or better, right? I mean, it's a star, right? Unless he was, just, unless he started pulling a gene later on and making the star smaller and smaller and smaller or something, then that's the only thing I can see you can do wrong with that. But, um, yeah, I think that the 77 era was definitely their strongest in terms of the whole makeup <coughs> design and the application of it. I think it looks really good and... You know, it's it just is an example of experience by that point. I think they just knew what they were doing. They've done it for so long and it just looked really well. And they knew what worked and what didn't, you know, which kind of makes you scratch your head as to why what's going on now is happening. Because I agree with with uh, you guys about Gene's makeup now. It's got to be my least favorite as well. I mean, that that and Peter Chris's one in the first album is definitely my least favorite one. I just don't know what they were thinking with that whole, the whiskers on that are just, whoa. Like, I mean, I remember when I first bought that record, I was like, I kind of looked at it at first. I was like, you know, that is Peter Chris. But at first I was almost for a millisecond wondering, was that somebody different? Because it kind of almost looked a little bit different at first, you know, that whole makeup design. I mean, I like the fact that they kept it more simpler after, I mean, it's probably a lot simpler in terms of application and before show. I mean, could you imagine if you had to try to do that whole design every single night that they did on that first record? Wow, he'd be there for hours, you know? I can imagine with somebody with Peter's, you know, patience and, you know, his temper, I can imagine that going over pretty well, trying to do that every night, right? But, um, yeah, so I think that the, my least favorite are definitely Gene's one now. It's just looks really really odd i don't know what he's doing like you said i agree there's there's got to be some you know tax hike on black makeup or something going on because it's just what he's doing with that now just doesn't look right but uh yeah peter chris is one in the first record too just didn't doesn't sit with me properly either so those are my two i, th I think everyone every big kiss fan has a problem with the way gene does his makeup the last few years uh, it looked good in 96, I thought, I thought it looked fine, you know, and, and it looked fine for even through the farewell tour. And I think it's more just recently with Sonic Boom and Monster and really those Monster promo pictures. It just looks awful the way he did the, the three spikes on each side. just looked atrocious and it's just hardly anything underneath. It's just, it looks almost lazy the way it's done, but I don't know. I mean, when did he I, have his plastic surgery? Because obviously he's messed with his face a bit as well. I wonder if that's uh, maybe that plays a role to it. Yeah, that, the, 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 you know, no, he he used to feel <laughs> he used to feel the pen going here, but after the plastic surgery, that space is up there. So right. you know, maybe maybe his reference point or something's off. Are you, mean, are you that, saying that they did his reference points pulled back? <laughs> yeah, so you're saying they had while well, I was doing plastic surgery, yeah, that he actually had the makeup on during plastic surgery, and then they pulled it. You know, <laughs> It looked, it looked like the Joker. <laughs> so, my least favorite design, I'm just going to echo you guys. I, I just think it's awful the way it looks currently with, with Gene. Um, but my favorite is, I like the way Gene was doing it. Um, 
Creatures of the Night. I think it looks really good right there. I, it got too blocky, in my opinion, um, around Dynasty, and I, he kind of refined it a little bit for Creatures of the Night, and I think it looks really good there. And almost looks kind of like the way he was doing it around Destroyer, too, the way he was doing Creatures of the Night. That's, but I think Creatures of the Night is probably my favorite makeup, and Gene looks more menacing. Maybe it's because of his costume, too. He just looked more menacing. I kind of saying with just the armor on one side, chain open on the others. But I think his make his makeup looks really great there. And I don't think anybody's going to argue the way Ace Frehley does makeup with, with the blue around the eyes is, is perfection for for Ace. Um, and again, Ken what Ken said about Peter blocking off like when he was doing the uh, farewell tour with Peter, just blocking off the, the designs around his around his eyes just looks awful and it came a long way from the way he was doing it in 96 to the way he ended up doing it for just four years later in 2000 it just looks night and day from good to bad so now someone said 1976 and you know i, I know i've already picked mine but when paul started doing those gray shades under his ah. i guess his jowls his cheeks to try and make his face that's just so fucked up um you know <laughs> That's a good one too. That's, that's just. I, I mean, I, it sounds like we're bagging on uh, Gene and Paul here for poor makeup choices because you know even Peter on that first album. I guess we can defend them that maybe they didn't have a picture of the band to go by to give the makeup artist that he allowed to do the makeup and says, "Yeah, I look like a cat." You know, that's that's my thing. Man, I got these things around my eyes. Or, you know, so if there's no reference for any makeup artist that they're given a picture. Of this is what I look like could have done a half-ass facsimile instead of having tribal patterns. So they had no freaking clue of what Peter was supposed to look like and was going by his description, which obviously wasn't, you know, adequate to explain what he looked like. So I'll, I, I give that one a pass. I, I got the number one worst makeup though. Really, was the um, the hawk. Hawk. Oh. <laughs> the hawk. As yeah. If you've seen those pictures, people, that. That was that would have been a travesty had they gone with well, that makeup. I, I don't know. Have you seen the picture where it's seventy three, late seventy three? The band are with Neil Bogart with him handcuffed to the contract. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And Paul look, a, Paul looks like he's just he's got a pair of glasses that they sprayed the white around. I mean, he actually looks like he, his makeup is you know it, it's kind of not bandit yet. Yeah. It, it looks like it's just a pair of glasses, black glasses, really bad hipster glasses too. So look at that Bogart's picture. Bogarts looked like a variation of like Alice Cooper, I guess you know, um, what he had going on. <laughs> so here we are. We're talking about men and makeup. Kiss We're men and makeup. That's our thing. Kiss fans. <laughs> and and someone mentioned the spandex earlier. <laughs> we didn't talk about wigs either. But, you know. What's your favorite jean <laughs> wig? Favorite kiss wig. <laughs> Least favorite kiss wigs go. <laughs> it's gotta be the uh, animal eyes. Are gonna be the worst one for sure. I just can't even go there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's tough. All right. Well, at that, I think we're gonna wrap it up for this week. Um, we're not gonna go into favorite wigs. If you guys want to talk about wigs, favorite least favorite wigs on the comments, go right ahead. But do leave us some comments on the Kiss FAQ message board. Leave us some comments on Facebook. Like our page on Facebook, Kiss FAQ Podcast. Um, watch the show on YouTube. Lonnie, we lost you. Uh, 
Yeah, his battery just ran out. So, subscribe to the show via iTunes. Listen over the Spreaker app. Download. What? All right. So for Mark, <laughs> for Ken, for Julian, I am Lonnie Weissar, STL Kiss on the Kiss FAQ message board. Thank you for watching the Kiss FAQ podcast. Thank you for joining us. You stay classy, Kiss Army. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. We hope to see you again.